Welcome to Hillbilly Hell Part 2. And before we get to our story, before the sun fully sets in the skies westward towards looking out towards Boulder, uh, down that mysterious highway and further along to the gateway to the Rockies, the our uh, landscape is set. Our homes and characters are set. We're going to get into those descriptions a little later on. We like to bring you melodramas, dramas as such. Uh, we brought to you um, Buckles Brannigan and his misadventures in the Mexican territory, and specifically in the town of South Fork, Texas. Uh, not part of the USA at this point. Uh, this is just after the Civil War where all the action took place and a lot of gold was in the midst of being extracted from uh, this fair earth of ours. And the bounty of the earth uh, kept giving and giving and giving well into the early 1900s uh, when the last gold strikes were, were claimed out of those areas. And uh, a lot of those great, great western towns uh, ennobled, ennobled by uh, many a movie and TV show, uh, were put in mothballs or abandoned altogether. Um, there's an Adam-12 episode where they visit an old ghost town, and it actually looks like a real ghost town. didn't look like it's one of the sets uh, that, uh, that the production people had to actually build. This looked like it was actually there. Um, another great TV series. Uh, I'm going to do a podcast on uh, television arts again. Our last one was on MASH, called Mashup. Uh, you can find that down your list. Um, it made earlier this year. We had a good half year. Uh, this is a half year mark. Uh, we're in the third week of June. Father's Day. Uh, today is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all. Um, may you be well and may your progeny uh, do you proud and may you be having a good older life if you're an older gentleman uh, whether you're single or with someone uh, may this day just be a special day for you uh, in your mind in your spirit in your soul uh, we went to mass this morning a sunday happens to be of course father's day always falls on a sunday um, and it was a wonderful mass uh, the COVID scare, of course, has left every other pew. Um, that's that's a church speak for a seating bench. Uh, left every other pew uh, unavailable for sitting. Uh, this the this church, Saint Cecilia's, which is now actually blessed blessed John blessed John the Paul the uh, Second parish, uh, consists of the former Saint Cecilia's which most people still call St. Cecilia's. Um, I think that's probably still mentioned more than St. John the Paul II. Uh, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe that is a good thing. Uh, and St. Leo's, the smaller of the two churches, which was closed uh, about two or three years ago. Uh, it still stands. The city of Pawtucket owns the property. Uh, it uh, went into the city's hands well over 10 years ago. The school is used as a uh, school facility, uh, I think it's for special uh, special abilities children. 
um, but active nonetheless. St. Cecilia's is one of the premier elementary schools, on the other hand, across Newport Avenue. Um, the, the churches are, oh, maybe four to five to maybe six stone throws, stone throws away, uh, easily, easily uh, accessed between the two. Um, and the Mass was just a wonderful Mass, uh, clocked in at 45 minutes, not that I was keeping my eye on the watch, but I was just curious as to how long the Mass lasts these days. Uh, looks like it's 45 minutes. Um, but why don't we get into our uh, explanation approach to, to the hillbilly hell, um, and it's uh, as told by me, Guy Massey. So it was still full daylight, but the sun was beginning to set towards the west, as it usually does, down the highway, trending towards Boulder. We were in one of Denver's great old neighborhoods, and we were in the 10,000s on the house numbers. 10,010 were the hillbillies of the story, the Fenwicks. Their household consisted of man, wife, school-age girl, child of school-age girl, and two dogs. Two, you guessed it, bloodhounds. And the two bloodhounds aren't characters enough, but they are characters in their own right, but not characters warranting names. The two nameless dogs loved, loved to look out the window and when the special time came and the doors opened to the porch to be residents of the side veranda of the hillbilly home. And it's a respectable home, but it's a home that stands out among the other homes in the sense that it's a little on the ramshackle side, but still, still maintainable and maintained to a minimum degree. The living room of the Fenwicks, and the Fenwicks again are of the old line style hillbillies. They were their family was here during the gold rush, and they moved eastward from California, settling into Boulder, back when it was a rip-roaring, gun-slinging, saloon, liquor-dripping, Marshall, Corralin, Hangman's Paradise town. And that, my folks, was Boulder. It was with the best of them. Don't kid yourself, today's Boulder is a mere shadow of its former self. Today's boulder is relegated to community sit spots and yuppified storefronts. And of course, your rambling and turning cul-de-sacs. Now we have the Martinsons. That's the old line British family. That's literally not that old line. 
they came over as the Martinsons, and they came over back in 1990. Folks, that's recent in the span of things. You'd think that the Fenwicks would say, well, they would say, boy, those are just babies in the bathwater. Have we taken a bath? That's right, we're hillbillies. And believe me, these guys were hillbillies. But not to get back on them, our British family was proper. They loved the symphony. They loved going out to the symphony. The father ate and drank symphony. And the mother, opera. British opera. What's British opera? Yes, there was British opera. And British artists singing British opera. They loved all forms of music. Piano, organ, guitar, as long as it was classical and as long as it was right. Mrs. Betty Martinson would spend most of the time in her bedroom at her desk writing invitations and thank yous on proper primrose-lined stationery. Father Martinson's was a bit of a handyman. He liked to collect bear souvenirs, anything to do with bears. They loved to getting out into the great national parks. They had already visited Yosemite. They were planning a big trip to Yellowstone. Uh, they were out east in, uh, in the parts of the mountains of West Virginia, the Great Blue Hill National Park. And, of course, they liked the city. They liked Denver. They liked nearby San Francisco. They liked many, many anything to do with the big city life. Okay, now we go back to our Fenwick family. They'd just be happy fixing up a car in the front of their yard. And that was a pet peeve of Mr. Martinson. He did not like anything to do with front yard activity. Even throwing the ball between the two children of the neighborhood, the only two children in the neighborhood, uh, the, daughter, uh, the daughter of the uh, Martinsons, and one of the neighbors. The nearest children were 13 houses down, believe it or not. It was an unbelievable gap of children coverage. So what's the result? A quiet neighborhood. Ah, all quiet on the Western Front, you say. How's that Western sun doing? Well, it's still setting. It's not dark yet. All hell is not yet broken loose. Well, now the sun brought its radiance down to a low shimmer as it slipped in a sidewind fashion over the edge of the horizon and still held out all the lights it's worth for at least another 15 minutes. So that by the 20 minute mark, you were still thinking it was not broad daylight, but still respectable daylight. Then finally in the 25th minute, of time-lapse, darkness appeared as if out of the blue. 
Mrs. Fenwick waking her husband up who took long naps, putting the dogs out on the porch or veranda. Again, remember, hillbilly life. No such thing as a veranda. It's a front porch. There's a four, two, three rocking chairs. There's a guitar sidled up the side and it's ready and accessed for these folk to play their good old American music. And that's exactly what Mr. Fenwick started to do. He started playing his good old American music. The dogs, in response, started singing. Oh, he loved the sound of their singing. Harmonious. How did the Martinsons feel? God-awful. What an intrusion of the space of the night and the early evening. Because by now, things were pitch black. Mrs. Martinson had long come out of her bedroom, lacking the light she needed to finish her cards and letters. She was in the midst of inviting some friends over, some proper friends, for a bit of tea at four o'clock the following day. She would hand deliver the notes in immediate neighborhood areas. There were four families involved. All would come, all would enjoy Mrs. Fenwick's lemon cakes, crumpets, and black Earl Grey mixture. Tea aside, these families will have at it all night. There will be no peace. The Martinsons would yell over and tell the dogs to shut up because they were singing because of Father Fenwick playing up his guitar, who was relatively accomplished. He hadn't gone to school, but he picked it up just through osmosis, it seemed. And the Fenwicks would respond by telling the Martinsons, Tarnation, you yourself are pretty loud. Well, believe me, the Martinsons were not loud by any stretch. About the loudest things that the Martinsons would be ever guilty of would be the sound of the dog food pouring into the bowl. To them it would be interrupted noise, to us just a fact of life and the way of the world. Something comforting of dog and cat food falling into bowls. The night would continue on with back and forth arguing across the two ways. And finally, the dogs would go in. The Fenwicks would retire for the evening. It'd be about 11.30, reaching just the point, just before the point of Mr. Martinson 
going over and having a talk, having a bit of a row with his hill-living, hill-loving family of four. The father, the mother, the daughter, and the granddaughter. Oh, and the two dogs, which remain nameless. And so as they all retired into their beds, Mr. Fenwick on the rocker, sleeping on the porch overnight, Mrs. Fenwick alone in the brass bed they got for their wedding anniversary in the city when they felt felt that they were becoming more sophisticated in life. Because that's what happens when you get married. The man and the wife, the husband and the wife, meld heads and create a taste level that is somewhat higher than the one or two could do on their own. The Martinsons, proper, all in their proper places, on their proper beds, with the proper alarm clock set, the proper coffee maker shut off, all proper lights out, all proper, properly, properness. And it would be a new day in Denver the next morning on 10,010 and 10,090 Eastern Way, where they lived. And it would be a repeat, a reprieve, an encore of the same night's activity from previous. And it would go on and on and on that way. from time immemorial. That's uh, part two of Hillbilly Hell. Uh, Hillbilly Hell and with the Martinsons and the Fenwicks here on our podcast drama network of sorts. We hope to bring you more uh, from the families of Denver and other great melodramas in the coming weeks and months. So my office has been relocated to the the bottom floor of the home uh, where I live here in Pawtucket. Um, here in the studio, I uh, have uh, been in the process of weeding out things, uh, more bare bones set up right now. Uh, however, I, I do have plans for uh, this studio, which is upstairs now. I'm planning on uh, making it a full-fledged uh, 
de facto studio. I hope that uh, we can get that completed and transition. Um, it should be pretty seamless. But I'm excited about my office. I'll explain it. It was uh, Lulu's room. If you had been listening to previous podcasts, I had mentioned uh, uh, plans of uh, this office room in in the in the spirit of uh, all the home improvements I've been making. Uh, just coming off finishing my bedroom, put the finishing touches on it just yesterday uh, when my friend uh, neighbor came over with his planer his power planer to plane my, my bedroom door so that it would close a little easier. I had just bought a brand new lock set uh, and I had just painted with two coats on each side of the door uh, the uh, trim color of the bedroom. It doesn't quite match on the outside. It doesn't quite match the uh, trim work that's in the living room. I, I had picked a slightly a uh, creamier uh, color previous uh, when this living room was done several years ago. Uh, but it's still, it, it, so it has appearance of being slightly bluish, but not too blue. It's still a warm white, um, but next to the cream, uh, and I don't, when I say cream, I want to just say the most subtlest hint of cream in this white. Uh, it's your classic, I'm going to say it's your classic linen white, okay? Uh, linen evokes cool, but in my world, linen has a creamy texture. Bright white would be the the stock choice that you would make if you wanted an ultra bright uh, sheet of paper. Uh, let's say when you were specifying or specking out your your print job to a printer, uh, you would order a bright white, uh, and that's considered the brightest white, of course. Uh, that a manufacturer or a paper mill can produce generally as a title. Uh, there are degrees of bright white. Uh, there's uh, there's the proper white. There's the there's the uh, there's off white. There's classic white. There's uh, there's linen white. There's uh, different shades of white that are titled specific titles. And if you told a jobber or a printer, uh, a production floor person uh, who handles all the stock coming in. And when I'm talking about stock coming in, we're talking about if it's web-based, you know, huge rolls uh, that are size of uh, small vans uh, or sheets, uh, stacks of pallets of sheets. Picture, uh, you know, three foot high stacks of sheets for a run of uh, 10, 15, 20,000 let's say, if it would be like an average sheet-fed printing run. You know, if you're going to run 100,000 uh, magazines, in other words, you need, you're running uh, maybe, you know, 2 million impressions uh, because of the, all the pages of a magazine, then you're obviously you're going to be there all day if you're going to be running it sheet-fed, although it can be done. It's not very practical for the production cost setup factor. Uh, but web and sheet fed, don't kid me, don't get me wrong. I talked about Communication Arts Magazine. Uh, that's the trade magazine of graphic artists. Uh, it's been redesigned over the last five or so years, uh, redone. And I was talking about how I love the original cover art. But the, the, the covers now are very nice. They're growing on me. Uh, they've updated them to sort of bring them into into the, the 2020s 
or the 20 teens at least, and um, I think they're pretty successful. So I have a number of these communication arts on my new shelf. Um, I took down my uh, our friends, our second or third set, I should say, of grandparents, because uh, we were fortunate enough to have both our sets of grandparents. However, uh, my father's parents died the same year, uh, uh, the exact same year when I was nine, so I don't I don't remember them as much. I do have memories of them. Don't get me wrong. Uh, my mother's mother, my mother's father died in 1974. I was 14. Uh, don't remember him because uh, he had some medical problems, medical issues. He was in and out of hospitals and nursing homes. Uh, I have some early memories of going to see my Pepe uh, on my mother's side again. Uh, my Pepe Lucia, uh, and having nice visits, and my Meme could come along as well. Uh, my Meme uh, lived till 1988, and she died at exactly 80 years old. She was born in 1908, and I, of course, have wonderful memories of my, my grandmother. Um, but uh, they, are, they are all a wonderful set of people, but the clock... Uh, the clock was on the wall. I finally took it down. It was there for years, um, looking just fine. But somehow when I had repurposed the room uh, in question, which is, again, is Lulu's room. It's the north e northwest corner of the house. I'm sorry, the southwest corner of the house. Uh, in some ways, the warmest room of the house. It is the warmest room of the house. Uh, there's not a big heat gain. You know, I live in a bungalow with a finished attic upstairs for buffer. So uh, so the house, the main floor, stays very, very cool, even without uh, much in the way of uh, ceiling fans, although I have three ceiling fans uh, on the different ceilings of the rooms here. So as I look out here, I'm coming down. I now see, uh, I see the office, um, window treatments I'm going to change. Uh, I want it nice and bright in there. I decided to keep the body color the same that it is, which is a mocha, a light grayish mocha. Um, I'm going to keep some of the artwork possibly on the wall. The cat toys are in the corner. I moved down uh, a tea cart that was being stored in there. I moved down a love seat that was being stored in there, uh, both down to the basement. Uh, and again, uh, I moved just a couple other little corner items that were taking up some room. I wanted I wanted a roomy. It's a smallish room. And the clock. The clock is off the wall. It's a beautiful, uh, in the spirit of the, uh, in the, not in the, it's a German clock, I believe, but it's not, uh, it's not your woodland uh, uh, black, black clock. Um, I forget what they call those, um, cuckoo clock. <laughs> and uh, it is not that kind of clock. It is a beautiful chime. Uh, the clockwork is not working, hasn't been working for several years. So that's a good reason why I took the clock off the wall finally. But it was once uh, Bill and Tony's who was getting at, I was getting to this, uh, the third set of grandparents that we grew up with them. They lived uh, above us uh, when we lived in Woodlawn. Uh, I had told you about our history. Uh, I now live in suburbia, as they say, of Pawtucket in Darlington on Hunts Avenue. But before we lived, uh, 
before I, I was nine, uh, nine and younger, we lived on Harrison Street, uh, actually eight and younger. We moved in 1968. Uh, it's pretty easy math. I can do that because I was born in 1960. And uh, I'll be 61 next February, by the way. Uh, not ashamed of it. Um, I, you know, I, I'm uh, getting up there, you know, but I think time just is kind to you. It can be, it can be ravaging. Uh, it can be ravishing. Uh, it can be both. Um, time doesn't really stand still for you. Uh, but if you, if you look back at it as it being rushed, then it will be rushed. Uh, if you look at, back at it, I think a lot of good memories can help to uh, to uh, slow down time in a sense. Um, now, when you're having fun, time should go by fast. But really, do you really want it to? Uh, I know sometimes when I get excited, uh, I say to myself, you know, wow, I'm going here, but it's already 930. I'm like, gee, I wanted to do this and that and this. You know, whether it's with my podcast uh, endeavors or or um, some of the layouts I work on uh, right now for fun um, in the midst of job um, searching now for some freelance work. Let's get back to my office, because that's what my office is set up for me is for uh, any of the work that I want to do graphic design wise out of the home. So the clock went down stairs. Uh, I try to bring stuff right down as I'm doing it. I don't like a lot of things lying around. Um, so I try to bring things down. And, and also while I'm going down, try to bring something up that I'll need a screwdriver. You know, I needed a, a screwdriver and I needed uh, some some uh, inserts for the wall because I wanted to hang the shelf up uh, with some confidence that it wasn't going to f- slide. Anything was going to slide right back down. I'm not going to put 20 tons of weight up there, but I want to put a few of these uh, communication arts magazines. Um, I want, I want, I want to go in my office and I want it to look like, like a, like it's a proper office, a home office. And, uh, I'm about, uh, 70% there. I'm going to just, uh, make some other decisions, some of the furniture items in there. I definitely am going to leave my, uh, radiator cover, uh, which is a nice feature, uh, of the house. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel as far as Lulu's little bed. She's got about a 14-inch wide bed, uh, you know, by about 9 inches deep uh, that, that's centered right on the center window of a, of a three-window uh, uh, triptych of windows here. And I have them on either side of the bungalow. Uh, but the room, the office room will have enough light, believe me. Uh, where I won't even need, if I'm working there during the day at least, I won't even need any desk lamp, although I did bring my desk lamp down from my old studio. The old studio is Spartan, but this this new office um, is going to be where everything is going to uh, be is going to be relegated to. So my desk uh, was helped. I had help from my neighbor yesterday that, that planed my door, and he had a two-fold uh, job to do when he came over here he knew that he was he brought everything over that he needed and one of the other things besides his power planer was a ratchet set the ratchet set um, is what he needed to unscrew or unbolt uh, un, unbolt or unnut 
the legs off my six-foot uh, banquet table. It was a definite, uh, I know that I bought this 20 years ago, uh, but it was a definite uh, Pottery Barn special pine table, like a farmhouse style, heavy, uh, well-made, and uh, I didn't pay a lot for it, but, you know, I paid enough. My time starting out in my career, I needed uh, bang for the buck, um, and Pottery Barn must have had a sale because their regular prices are a little bit higher than I would want to go, although I could see myself buying a few furniture items from from uh, Pottery Barn or, or any of those places. So uh, that table, uh, with the help of Gary, we carried it down, and then I brought the legs down separately. Gary reassembled it downstairs, and we propped it up against the uh, inner inside wall, the northbound wall of the house. Uh, so I, my table is, if I, as I look at, as I work at it, is I'm facing north. Not that that's any consideration at all. Uh, I, you know, Feng Shui would say that you should place your table so that you can always uh, be looking at your doorway. Uh, I read that once. Um, well, I broke that rule. Uh, I could I could bring the table more centered into the room, uh, but the room is so small, I believe it would be a little bit uh, obtrusive. I could lay the table perpendicular to the north wall, in other words, having it run north-south uh, on the far wall or on the east wall, not up against where the door is for the entryway, certainly that would not work at all but to the, to the far wall coming in. Um, and again, we're looking at a diminutive room, uh, looking at about a nine by 10 room. We are not looking at a large room. Uh, maybe I'll give it 11 on the outside, the very outside, uh, a 10 by 12, but I don't even think it's that. But it's enough to fit my six foot table in with a few, you know, with a, with a foot or two, well, maybe a foot and maybe about another uh, half a foot to a foot uh, to the east wall, it's, it fits in and it doesn't, it's not looking like it's wedged in. Uh, it fits in comfortably and just minimally so. And I knew it would work. And I think it's going to be a wonderful office. Uh, I think it's going to be just the right space. Um, uh, as I come into the house, it's, it's the, it's the, because the house faces uh, the house doorway uh, well, as you go out, you are heading, uh, you are heading south. So uh, when you come in heading north into the house, it's to the right and it's right to the right uh, with, with the dining room being right there. I know my mom complained to my dad when we first moved in. This is a family house, actually. I wanted to say that. Uh, and uh, when, 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 my mom wanted my mom wanted a, a stairway at the entry. Uh, uh, my dad had to explain to her that with small bungalows this like this, they're just not built that same way. The architecture is such that the stairway is to the back of the house, uh, if that, if any, because a lot of these were one-story homes with an, un, an unfinished attic, 
now now we've since back in the 40s or late 40s 50s the i believe the um from our archaeology that we've done uh and past research uh just you know you know i mean when you're when you're moving in as a kid and your dad has you scraping off the old tile up, up upstairs as we call it in the in the finished attic it was it was the landlord's uh place of living she had uh, given off the given the uh, first floor to the renters, and it was Mrs. Connolly. Mrs. Connolly lived very, 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 uh, how do I say, uh, conservatively. She was happy with her one room to the east and one room to the west, separated by a walkthrough, and the bathroom off to that walkthrough, and the bathroom was your typical swans. Uh, in the in the marsh, pink, warm pink, with blue tinges of color, uh, and repeated on the toilet seat, uh, repeated on the shower curtain, repeated on the wall plaques, and it was, of course, it had to go, uh, but it was also filled with asphalt tile that was long, long in the tooth already. So based on that, archaeology. I had deduced that she had to be living there for 10 years. So we were 1968. That would have put her moving upstairs to 1958 and maybe even earlier. So at least by the 50s, uh, that room, those rooms were made possible, uh, went from more metamorphosis of sorts, from being a complete unfinished attic to a, a living space. Uh, so they, she had a what they call an efficiency apartment back in those days. They called it an efficiency in the sense that the kitchen was a self-contained uh, counter of sorts, uh, usually stainless steel at the top. Um, everything was there contained within that uh, four to five foot run, uh, including the stove. Uh, the only thing that was, would have been freestanding would have been the refrigerator. Uh, that had been long moved out before us kids got involved with helping dad uh, with the house and getting it ready. Uh, my dad had spent thousands, uh, which was a lot. He spent a lot of money. You know, today it wouldn't be a lot, but it wouldn't be anything that would get you any, anywhere uh, of any further, of any uh, distance with your sub, your contractor, for instance. But uh, it was a lot of money. He moved some walls. Um, he moved a door from the, from the interior, shifted it to being, uh, I'm sorry, an exterior door. That was a second entry for Miss, Mrs. Connolly uh, back then uh, to an interior access to the stairway uh, and closing off that door. Uh, he did other, other, other uh, structural or cosmetic uh, changes, more or less, uh, to to bring it up to an amount that was under ten thousand, but uh, added the the price of the purchase house and the final purchase house. My dad was making a big commitment for his uh, smallest salary, bringing up six kids and a wife. Um, so you know the 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 whole situation with the with the improvements to the little bungalow uh, and the, you know, the combination of just making your normal kind of um, fix-ups.
um, before you actually would move in uh, was something that uh, was great. And I want to just end by thanking you all uh, for participating, uh, listening to uh, this podcast where we brought you Hillbilly Hell and I gave you my update on improvements here um, at the Massey uh, Studios and Homestead and offices. So until we uh, meet again, I want to wish you all uh, happy, happy times. I know these times can test us. We're at the point where we're wondering how much longer this can go. We've probably been at that point long already, but uh, hopefully things will get back to normal. Um, uh, new normal aside, so be good everyone and take care.